Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With this perspective, I feel as entitled as anyone to claim that I am home on my path, even though my home doesn't have a physical address. And I will gratefully continue to add pieces to my heart as long as it feels like home. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Hope you're doing well. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, as I like to do, I'm going to experiment here with some solo episodes. I love bringing guests on and getting to share this space with interesting people who have stories to tell and things to share, but the planning and scheduling of all of that can be overwhelming at times. And I think I've known for a while that I need to take a little break from it. And in considering what to do instead, I'm left looking at what I have to offer as a solo episode and what I can bring to the table on my own. And um, and then I came across a podcast that stood out to me. It was short and it was <laughs> uh, a story read by the girl who wrote it on an outdoor podcast. And I thought, well, that's pretty simple. I have plenty of stories to tell about where I'm traveling and what I'm doing and what I'm learning. And while I get to share little anecdotes here and there within interviews about other people and their stories, I don't spend a whole lot of time just sharing uh, from my own perspective. And I want to do more of that. I am a writer at heart. I love to explore life through words. And I love to share that with others. I had a blog before I started a podcast. Um, I also love to read the way that others share life through words as well. And so I might incorporate more of this type of storytelling into the show. That being said, this episode is going to kick off an exploratory series. Um, I'm about to go to Europe for a month. I'll be attending a conference in Sweden, spending a week in Germany, including, yes, Oktoberfest again. This is going to be like my sixth year going. And then I'm going to spend a week hiking in Bosnia with some of my girlfriends and I'm ending with a week with my friends at biketours.com creating content for a biking boat cruise in Croatia. So I'm telling you all that because I have some pretty adventurous stuff coming up that might lead to an episode or two of on the ground experiences. We shall see. Today though, I would like to take some space to catch you guys up a little bit on my story, if you don't mind. One of my favorite things about this show is that I can personally connect with so many of you, even though it starts out as a one-way line of communication. When you guys come through an email or Instagram message me, I get to see how many of us connect over so many things. And I know in the past that sharing more of my personal story is one of the biggest connectors. And 
The last time I shared anything personal in a solo episode with you was back in episode 100 when I changed the name of the show. So I have chosen a few of my recent blog entries to share with you. Um, And they all have to do with coming home. So perhaps we can call this story time (laughs) or open mic. And I have the mic. Go get your blanket and your coffee and join me. Before that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. This episode is supported by Grail. Grail makes water purifier bottles that you can carry with you on your travels to ensure that you can get clean drinking water wherever those travels may take you. Let's talk water safety on the road for a minute. Waterborne viruses are found in over 100 developing countries, including in Central and South America, Africa, Eastern Asia, basically in most parts of the globe. And check this out. Traditional straw and camping water filters do not remove viruses and are often not suitable for international adventure travel. But Grail purifiers are designed exactly for this because they remove all types of waterborne pathogens, including viruses which means that they make safe, clean drinking water worldwide, whether you're in the backcountry or in the middle of a city. And bonus about this is that with a Grail water purifier bottle, you won't have to purchase single-use plastic bottles anymore. Let's reduce and reuse, people. Grail is offering an incredible discount just for Jump listeners. You can save 20% on purifiers and replacement cartridges from grail.com. Remember, that's G-R-A-Y-L. Dot com by using promo code JUMP. And that's all there is to it. You can start saving the planet and your health one water bottle at a time. Today's show is also supported by Osprey, who just launched a brand new day pack in the Daylight series called the Daylight Travel Day Pack. And I love this pack because it has an expandable zipper so you can make it a bit bigger when you need extra space or you can keep it low profile if you don't need the extra space. It also has two water bottle holders on the outside and a laptop sleeve inside. Um, So for me and the type of travel that I do, I find it brilliant. It's also very comfortable to carry. Um, And remember the new Farpoint and Fairview Trek packs no longer come with an attached day pack included. So the daylight travel day pack is designed to integrate directly with those packs. They can be strapped via compression strap around the outside and they have four small loop hooks in each of the corners of the back panel with corresponding loops on the outside of the Fairview and Far and Far Point Trek uh, for extra stability. Um, I'm about to spend a month in Europe and my goal is to bring my Fairview Trek 55 because I'm going on a five-day through trek in Bosnia during this month abroad. Um, but I'll also need a day pack. I'll be attending a conference and other things. So I'm bringing the daylight travel along as well. When you're carrying both packs, if you don't want to strap the daylight to the back of your big pack, you can carry it in front and there are clips to attach it directly to the straps of the Farpoint or Fairview as well to lighten the load. So you can of course find all these packs on the Osprey website at osprey.com. And I've created video reviews for these packs, including a side-by-side of the Trek versus the traditional Farpoint. Uh, so you can check those out at travelingjackie.com slash Osprey. And also very exciting, the film that we produced in Patagonia earlier this year, featuring yours truly is officially out And you'll find it at that same link, travelingjackie.com slash Osprey. So please go check that out and come find me on Instagram at travelingjackie and let me know what you think. Also at that link, you will find the link to enter to win 
either a Fairview or Farpoint Trek that I've been telling you guys about. That is open now and winner will be chosen before the next podcast episode comes out. So don't wait, go to travelingjackie.com slash Osprey to find the info for that and get entered to win. Okay. So I think many of you guys know this already, but if you are new to my show, perhaps you don't. So quickly, here's what you might've missed if you haven't listened to older episodes. Um, I am from Montana, not originally. I am originally from Lake Tahoe, California, but I've been living in Montana on and off since 2004. It is my chosen home. I was also married for a time. Actually, when I started this podcast and my blogs, I was married. And four years ago in 2015, I got divorced. And that is when I went nomadic. And if you want to hear more about that part of my story, you can listen to episode 63. And you can find several personal essays that I wrote during that time on my blog, travelingjackie.com. So I was nomadic for three and a half years until last fall of 2018, when I finally got a place of my own again in a town that I had to travel across the world and back several times to realize is my home. This is where I want to be. That town is Bozeman, Montana. It's funny. There is a quote that one of you guys actually sent to me on Instagram that said, and I'm changing man to woman in this quote, woman travels the world over in search of what she needs and returns home to find it. And I love that because I feel like that's where I am right now. Every part of the journey is important, but this really rang true for me because that's where I am on my journey now. I'm home. And on that note, I wanted to share a couple of pieces that I wrote that tie into my decision to end my nomadic travels and how it's been being home again. And I know a lot of you guys out there have also dealt with this after having traveled nomadically or living abroad. It's a hard transition coming home. And I kind of want to bring you up to speed on the host behind the show. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I truly appreciate you spending this time with me. So the first piece I'm going to read for you is one that I wrote in the middle of my nomadic travels in September of 2017 about what I think home means. It's called A Traveler's Meaning of Home. For more than a decade, I have said that home is where the toothbrush is. I even have a hashtag for it on Instagram. It is my lighthearted, if you will, twist on the widely accepted idea that the heart read love has something to do with home. I'm actually fascinated by this idea. It has a complex beauty about it. I just never thought it was for me. Home is where the heart is, is something written in pretty cursive on a Etsy piece of wall art hanging in a Pinterest perfect house that I don't own, surrounded by a family that I don't have. It is simultaneously sappy and mushy, yet belonging and grounding and probably supported by a 401k. I'm a traveler and I'm usually solo. How can a person who has left pieces of her heart in so many places and with so many people ever feel whole and at home while alone on the road? Yet at the same time, I've been traveling long-term internationally for nearly half my life. Why wouldn't the familiar foreignness of the road feel like home to me? I am an outsider. I move around too much. I have left behind everything I've ever loved and I continue to do so on a regular basis. Grounded is what I am not. A homebody is what I am not. Yet to crave the feeling of home and belonging is inherently human. Is there any hope for someone like me? Where the heart is. 
My main misalignment with this old adage has been the matter of heart. The truth is, I'm not sure I ever really understood love, which is the matter of heart. Love and this sappy proverb was always for other people, people who live surrounded by those they share love with, and that must be home. Good for them. I'll just go get on a plane with my backpack and my toothbrush. I've struggled to find my place in love in the past, but I have also learned a lot about it and come to see it in a different light since I started my nomadic travels, especially as it pertains to loving myself. I don't believe we can wrap our minds around the power and capabilities of the heart. That's why I'm choosing to change my perspective. Rather than leaving pieces of my heart with people and places all over the world, I believe I've been enriched, made even more whole by gaining pieces of love from these people and places all over the world. In the end, these very experiences make up who I am at heart. If this is true, how can I possibly have left them behind? What is home anyway? Home is not a place. I would say it's a mindset, but it's not that either. Because if there's one thing I've learned in the past two years, it's that our minds and our hearts don't always agree. Home is a heart set. It lives in emotion, not logic. It lives in energy, not geography. Home is when everything around you rises up to meet you exactly where you are in a whole, familiar, ethereal embrace. Home feels like there is nowhere else in the world you'd rather be. And that is the single best feeling in the world, especially for a constant traveler. In my experience, I've learned to recognize these moments by an overwhelming sense of gratitude, which usually gives me pause. This is even noticeable to others. One friend has named these my Jackie moments. And those very moments are what I've come to understand as home to me. They are inspired by pure gratitude and peace. The surprising part about home is that as much as it exists in the familiar, it can also exist in places, people, and activities that are new to us, which means home doesn't have to be something we leave behind. I have felt as much at home on the shores of Lake Ocrid in Macedonia as I have on the shores of Lake Tahoe in California, where I was born and raised. I have felt it in the curious familiarity of a stranger as much as with my best friend of more than 20 years. The way I understand it now, the best thing we can do to feel home is to deeply know, love, and be at peace with ourselves so that we can be open to letting home meet us wherever we are. This can ground us at any given point on our path, whether we happen to have four walls and a family or a backpack and solitude. Perspective is everything. The physical things of so-called home change anyway. My family looks different today than it did four years ago. The people are different. Some new, some moved on. All of our beloved animals are now gone and we have new ones. The geographical locations have changed. Houses, relationships, traditions. Many of these things have changed in a very short time. This is challenging for the heart. If I looked for home in something so fleeting as four walls or the presence of this person or that dog, I completely understand how that would be heartbreaking and why counting on my toothbrush to always be there for me would be much easier, much safer. Gratefully, home is not a matter of walls or 401ks. It is a matter of heart and the heart is transcendental. It is capable of recognizing and embracing and carrying what is most important to us to feel whole, to feel like us. It knows no geography, time or distance, which is good news for everyone, especially a traveler. With this perspective, I feel as entitled as anyone to claim that I am home on my path, even though my home doesn't have a physical address. And I will gratefully continue to add pieces to my heart as long as it feels like home, toothbrush in tow. 
Now we're going to skip forward to a year later. It's from September 2018. The next one is called Let Go, Survive, Ramp Up, Design. What is your word? I meant to sit down and write a personal update about how much everything has changed in my life lately because I miss sharing those posts on this blog. But when it started to go a different direction, the writer voice inside my head couldn't stand for spewing words into a document without asking, what is the purpose? What is the theme of this piece? Considering what I've been practicing this year, I'm proud of that little voice for asking just the right question. Find your word. Have you ever chosen a word for your year? It's a goal-orienting practice, similar to resolutions, only I'm convinced this one actually works. The idea is to choose a word that sums up all your goals or your direction for the year or whatever time frame you'd like it to be. You can choose it at any time, but it fits nicely into the category of other year-beginning practices of reflection, goal-setting, and mindfulness that take place for many people around the new year. I first chose a word for the year on New Year's Eve of 2016 because at that moment in my life, I was desperate for anything that would help me move forward in a positive direction. My heart sinks at the thought that if I had a word for 2016, it probably would have been survive. If I had a word for 2015, it would have been let go. I'm so glad those years are over. For 2017, I chose ramp up. These words come to me almost immediately. It seems that we already know what our current word should be. We just need to ask ourselves and listen. And here's a tip for you. When you find your word, put it somewhere you'll see it every day. I don't have a bathroom mirror, but I do have a laptop desktop background. So each year I create a new background with a beautiful image and my word big and bold in the middle to remind me what I'm striving for. The realignment. In 2017, I wanted to make moves to put my life back on a respectable track by my own definition. I had been through quite a lot. And while the time I spent on myself was absolutely essential to my well-being, I was more than ready to focus on something other than my roller coaster of emotions. I decided to redirect that energy into my work. I had let go, I had survived, and I was finally ready to ramp things up in every arena of my life. So that's what I did. I wrote about my efforts last year as I was testing out living in Colorado. I created an online course, organized my second group trip to Patagonia, redesigned the BMT website, participated in masterminds and realigned actions with priorities in my personal life as well, like eventually going back to Montana, among other things. I needed realignment. I needed to have higher energy. I needed to make more money. And I knew the rewards would come only if I made moves to set myself up for success. Ramp up. When I left the US again in the fall of 2017 for my third round of multi-month nomadism, I felt like a new person. I was a new person. I had left old behind and was purposefully creating stepping stones for new that lay ahead. New that I wanted so badly, I was no longer aimless. Damn, that felt good. As if everything I had been working for suddenly came to fruition and a switch had been flipped overnight. That's also when I knew what my word for 2018 would be. Design. Living by design. I have read essentialism probably 27 times and every time something new stands out to me. Last summer, this new treasure was make your decisions by design, not default. It goes hand in hand with another essentialism gem. If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. This is my moment of recreation. This is the life I am building. I worked hard for this chance to rebuild. What do I want this new life to look like? 
Do I want this or that habit? Do I want this or that person? Do I need this or that project on my plate? Yes, no, yes, no, declutter. I knew the next steps on my path needed to be created by design with purpose, not just thrown loosely in front of me because someone else dangled something shiny within my reach. I had been floundering for a couple of years and I needed purpose. Those default decisions, even the positive ones, always left me grasping for meaning and direction. I needed authentic design that came from no one else but me. In 2018, this authentic design has looked like kicking off the new year in Patagonia, leading my first women's retreat in Ecuador, magic, the highlight of my year, spending a month in France to learn French on my bucket list for decades, becoming a brand ambassador for a company that has beautifully broadened my horizons, organizing and leading a bucket list group trip to Jordan, buying a new, to me, car, establishing more of a home base for myself, getting a new backpack with wheels, saying yes to people and opportunities that align with my goals, among other things. And my year is far from over. I can't even begin to express how different 2018 feels compared to previous years. I have finally found the lightness and peace I so deeply craved while I was wandering a little too aimlessly around the world. I often think back to December of 2015 in that airy Italian apartment when I first got vulnerable with you guys and told you about my divorce. I'm so beyond grateful to recognize how far I've come since then. The climb continues. I have made immeasurable changes in my life in the past three years, but I'm not even close to finished or off the hook. Once you take the leap, you never stop climbing. It continues to be up to me to carry myself forward, to design what my life should look like every day. What I know is that I want my decisions, my steps forward, my relationships, even my blog posts to exist by purposeful, authentic design not by default. I already know what my word for 2019 will be because I've paid attention to what isn't working for me this year as much as what is working. My next word will be balance, which segues quite nicely into that update that I didn't write today. Apparently this piece needed to come out first and I sense several more themes awaiting fingers to keyboard as well. In the meantime, I'll take this opportunity to thank those of you reading this for sticking with me through my changes especially if you were there through the dark in 2015 and 16. It takes a village and I'm grateful for mine. There are so many beautiful things I'm designing on the horizon. So about that update. That update is what I'm going to read to you next. This one is from December of 2018. So just a few months later, and this is last winter. This one is called, I am no longer nomadic. One of the questions I often get as a nomad is, how long are you going to travel like this? First of all, that's an impossible question. But to best answer it, I always say the same thing. As long as it feels right to me, if and when my path needs to change, I will change it. But for now, this feels right. One of the greatest lessons from my solo nomadic travels has been learning to listen to myself and knowing what I need to be and give my best. And then giving myself permission to take appropriate action to meet those needs. A little over a year ago, after testing out Boulder, Colorado as a potential home base, I wrote in a moment of clarity in the famous rice cooker post (laughs) that I was not ready to be grounded. Not yet. I wrote, I don't want to buy in to the material world until I feel confident that it's the right step for me. There may be a time when having a newer car is the right step. There may be a time when having an apartment or a house to call my own is the right step but it is not this time. In fact, I'm nowhere near that time. 
One incredibly epic year after I wrote that post and three and a half years after I left, that time has come. I needed those three years on the road. I needed every lesson, every turn in the road, every challenge and obstacle, every high and low in my path that brought me full circle to where I am now. And now I need something else. It is December. And unlike the past three Decembers, I am at home in Montana, meaning I actually have a place that I rent by myself. My music is playing and my fireplace is on. The lights and tiny Christmas tree I have put up make my space extra cozy. Outside sits my new Subaru, snow tires on, ready for adventure. I made soup from scratch last night in my own kitchen. I have posters of Patagonia up on my walls that have been in storage for two years. Sheepskins straight from Argentina draped over my chairs. A blanket from Guatemala spread across my bed. All of my suitcases and backpacks are stored in a closet. I have a dresser and more than five shirts to choose from. I dragged my neglected winter gear out of storage along with my dishes, skis, and other things that haven't seen the light of day in three and a half years. I am no longer nomadic. It's strange to say those words out loud, but I feel relief when I do. I have an address, friends and family I haven't gotten to spend nearly enough time with in recent years, and even a season ski pass to beautiful Big Sky Resort. I'm committed to doing this winter thing and I'm doing it right. I don't like the R word, roots, or the S word, settle. And there's no need for those here. I know that I have permission to change my mind at any time. But for now, home in Montana is where I know I need to be. I feel it in my bones. Transitioning from a solo life on the road with a backpack to a grounded life in a town with a home and a car has definitely come with its own set of challenges, not to mention expenses. You guys might not believe this, but traveling the world nomadically is astronomically cheaper than living in Montana. Yikes. Challenges of moving home, expenses, expected and unexpected. A home. My first priority when I decided to come home to stay was finding a place to live that I could call my own. For the past three summers, I've spent a couple months living in three different friends' houses, but these were temporary solutions. It was time to find my own place. Moving into a new place means A, paying ridiculous rent prices and B, making it my own. That means spending money on things that I need to make it my own. And no, a rice cooker was not a priority. A car. I drive a 1994 Toyota pickup, which I knew from past experience wasn't going to give me confidence driving in the winter. It was time to get a newer car for many reasons. I still have my trusty old truck, but I'm now also the proud owner of a stick shift adventure mobile with heated seats, also known as a Subaru Outback. Gear. All my stuff is breaking. Apparently, whether you use your gear for years or store it for years, it still breaks. I need new gloves and a new ski jacket. Mine are over a decade old, crusty and breaking. I got rid of my last pair of ski boots, so I have to get new ones. I have 10-year-old skis that I love, but I found out they are rotten inside, rendering them completely useless. I didn't even know skis could do that. My goggles broke. And the day after that, my yak tracks snapped. I used those to run on snow and ice. I admit that I actually shed a tear of defeat when that happened. This is hard. I'm trying to get back into winter and skiing with positivity. And apparently the universe wants me to do so with new gear. Perhaps I'm meant to leave the old memories behind with the broken gear and welcome everything that comes with the new. This is the only idea that makes me feel better about all this because it has quickly become a very expensive season for me. Also, I'm picking up ice hockey, which has been a secret dream of mine for a long, long time. It is an ideal addition to my life right now in many ways, but of course, it doesn't come without a price tag. 
spin. To an extent, money can buy happiness. I now have a brand new pair of Vocal Auras and Atomic Hawks Prime ski boots. I'm falling, hopefully not literally, for ice hockey, a new sport that will provide me with endless benefits. I have a space to call my own, a car literally built for adventuring with friends. And I'm proud of myself because I created a business that allows me to afford these comforts and necessities and changes. That's a dream come true in itself. Figuring out where I fit in. On the road, I'm solo. It's really easy to accept being alone when you're solo because, well, you are alone. You usually don't have real friends around you. Just that superficial conversation you've had a thousand times that month with the nearest person at the bar about who you are, what you're doing, how long you're traveling, etc. There are no buddies to make plans with unless you make a point to meet new people. Otherwise, you just do everything alone. At home, however, surrounded by a community of friends, that looks different. I struggled with lonely feelings when I was home this summer because there I was at home surrounded by friends, yet I was still often alone. I'm having to relearn what it means to live in a permanent, for all intents and purposes, community. Not everyone has a flexible schedule like me. And while I've been off traveling, they've been keeping a social calendar and their jobs. Sometimes it means events, barbecues, adventures, etc. But sometimes it still means I'm alone, especially since I'm single. No couple invites for single people. I can't expect that I will be with people 24-7 simply because I know people here. I know that's not realistic, nor do I really want that. But it is a strange thing to go from being completely solo to being solo while surrounded by friends. Spin. Not spending all my time with others has naturally allowed me to take the space I need for myself, which I've learned to do in the last three years. And now it's an essential part of my life balance. Getting outside in the cold. As a very active and outdoorsy person, I was worried that I wouldn't have the same opportunity or energy to get outside in winter as I do in summer. This has hardly been the challenge I expected. I have been snow trail running, Nordic skiing, hiking, or alpine skiing every single day for weeks. It's completely doable and I'm completely loving it. On top of that, I'm getting to play ice hockey for the first time and I might be obsessed. The biggest challenge has been getting on the trail early enough to beat the last light as the sun sets at 4.30 p.m. in these parts at this time of year. Thankfully, soon the days will be getting longer again. Spin. Hitting the trail is my afternoon me time that I look forward to so much. It's nearly exactly the same as doing it in summer, just colder and with more clothes. Also, you can play ice hockey at night under lights. Winning. Winter is here for real. Of course, I was worried about my choice to move home at the beginning of the very season I usually dread and make every effort to escape. Montana winters are harsh, long, cold, dark, and can be very detrimental to one's spirit if not embraced properly. In all my previous years living in Montana, I never properly embraced winter and I suffered greatly each time it came around. I have spent the last three winters somewhere south of the border in the sunshine because I could and I wanted to and I needed to. However, I have developed an entirely new set of strengths since I left in 2015. The other day I was out early in the morning scraping the ice off my car to go skiing, which in itself is crazy if you knew me before. It was a balmy six degrees Fahrenheit and I didn't even think that was bad. Then a runner ran by and all I could think was, I love this place. These are my people. And I'm about to nerd alert here. Yes, in past writings, I have claimed that winter in Montana is like being north of the wall for most of the year. But you know what? That's not scary when you discover your inner wildling. In fact, it feels strangely and simply like home. 
Now, if I could just locate my Jon Snow. <laughs> oh, man. I hope you guys are enjoying this. All right. And finally, I'm ending with a post I called Rice Cooker 2.0. It's from March 2019, which in Montana is the middle of winter. So I got a new rice cooker. If you have no idea why that's significant, go read the post on my blog that's called The Real Reason I Left Colorado and then come back to this post a year and a half in the future. Since I'm averse to using the S word, settle, I'm instead going to offer that I'm getting closer to the balance I'm seeking. It's an everyday commitment. Practice makes progress. After more than three years of the most epic, challenging, and incredible stint of solo nomadism I could ever have imagined, I decided that 2018 would be the year I would actually return home to have a real home base in Montana again. As in, I would be a resident here again, traveling to and from here on a regular basis, having a community again, being here for holidays, birthdays, a rather important wedding, my brother got married, and getting back into skiing again. For the first time in four years, I have a physical address of my own. For the first time in four years, I signed up for winter and I survived in rather unbelievably fabulous fashion, if I do say so myself. I only almost quit once. (laughs) For the first time in four years, I'm not in a rush to hang out with all the friends I can possibly squeeze into my schedule before I leave again. Yes, I'm always leaving again. But for the first time in four years, I'm coming home again too, sooner than later. I'm still bouncing around a bit, trying to find the right fit of walls and windows where I lay my head at night, but I'm slowly readjusting to actually being a regular active member of a stationary community again. It feels so good and I'm ready for it now. Oh, right. The rice cooker. I'm also allowing myself to say yes to collecting things again. Only the things I need, of course, like another paddleboard, new skis, lots of toys, you know, the usual. So Naturally, when my mom asked if I wanted her extra rice cooker, I enthusiastically accepted. I was probably more excited to receive it than a respectable adult who knows how to use a stove should be. Ironically, out of all the designs of rice cookers, this one is exactly the same as my old one, except my old one, which I did give away as soon as I had the chance, had a huge dent in it. And this one doesn't. Rice cooker 2.0, shiny and new. How fitting. Despite the many positive elements, this season hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies for me. Not even close. Transitioning home again after being a full-time nomad for several years took tolls on me in ways I hadn't expected and I'm still working through them. But growth is growth and those pains are pains I'm willing to carry to achieve the balance I seek. The sun is back out. The temps are finally back up. There is light on my favorite running trail until evening again and soccer and sub season is right around the corner. And I get to go to Patagonia on an unexpected trip next month. I have so got this. Side note, do you know how good it feels to write like this again? It's strange to be a blogger and not have time to write anymore. When I wrote out my goals for 2019, writing personal essay blog posts more often was on my list. Like really writing from the heart about rice cookers. (laughs) Like I said, practice makes progress. All right. That's the end of that short post. And that concludes my reading of blog posts. Um, And beyond that, now I've found a real home base, uh, a place to lay my head at night that I can keep for as long as I want. 
It looks like me. It feels like home. And I am still so excited to be living here on a daily basis. It's funny. One of the things I said at the beginning of moving back, and I still say this all the time, is I love running into people I know when I'm out. It makes me feel like part of the community. When your community is constantly changing as a traveler, it is so super rare to happen upon someone you know whom you did not expect to see. Although that has happened to me several times across the world. But I feel much more grounded. I've been able to redirect the energy that it takes to travel constantly because that takes a ton of energy, planning, etc. You guys know, you've done it. I've redirected that into purposeful business projects, into my social life. It feels so good. So part of what I wanted to say today is thank you to those of you who have been here for this crazy journey of mine. And even if you are newer here, thank you for being here. And thank you for allowing me to share those personal essays with you today. There is a lot more where that came from on my blog at travelingjackie.com. And All of those posts have comment sections. If something came up for you that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. I really enjoy the personal side of things, the human side of life that we can all connect on. And I've learned about how important it is to bring these things to light and talk about the real stuff with each other, the struggles and the triumphs, the internal path, as well as the external journey, which is so much easier to share on social media. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please come find me on Instagram and let me know. I feel like the life lessons we learn along the way are the things that really matter. And I love getting to share that with you. And ladies, especially if you enjoyed this episode and you also enjoy digging into the deeper conversations of life, consider coming to one of my women's retreats in Ecuador. This is the stuff that we get into. It is real and it is absolutely amazing and life-changing. And I am just opening up my next one in February, 2020. So let me put that on your radar right now, travelingjackie.com slash Ecuador. And for the record, because this is a question that I still get all the time, um, just because I'm not nomadic anymore does not mean that I'm not doing this business still. I mean, you guys obviously have continued hearing from me on the podcast, but yes, I'm still doing the blogging, all of the online thing. Obviously, you guys have seen it. You've heard about it. But um, And I'm still doing a bunch of traveling. I'm about to leave for Europe in just a few days. So yeah, not a lot has changed. Just my address. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you for being here, for letting me share with you. I hope you enjoyed story time or open mic night or day. Let me know. In the meantime, stay safe, have fun, make good choices. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.